Welcome to the Capital Edge Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that this inspires, challenges, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into the message. I want us to turn, uh, before we get going into Matthew's, chapter, uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, uh, part of Jesus' uh, uh, so-called Sermon on the Mount. You can imagine, you know, Jesus... Goes up to the top of Black Mountain one day and all the public servants and workers come out of civic and sit around him and as he explains what the kingdom is all about. And this is what he said. Studying verse 38. You have said, uh, you have heard that it was said eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, uh, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to shine on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what, what reward will you get? But do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not, do not even the Gentiles the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Justice really matters. And as Christians, uh, we, we believe that. And it's been great to hear the messages from uh, Pastor John Rodney and others who've uh, brought our attention over the last few weeks. Today is the last uh, Sunday in which we're following this theme. And it's so important because it's not hard to look far to see injustice uh, and discrimination and and, 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 uh, inequality in society around us. Just listen to the news. Just read your Facebook posts. Just listen to Question Time in Parliament. You know, I, when my kids were small, I, I used to say to them, I'm not going to let you watch it because it gets too violent. But, um, you know, millions of words are written and news articles are written and social media uh, posts uh, are out there and political speeches are made demanding justice. Justice for the oppressed, justice for the downtrodden, justice for the marginalized. And, and as I was thinking about this theme, I thought, well, you know, it's a pretty loaded term that can mean different things to different people. It was uh, John F. Kennedy, those of you who are uh, my vintage, who, 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 who first popularized the expression, don't get mad, get even. Don't get mad, get even. And millions of people can identify with that. It's easy to become indignant. And it's easy to become judgmental when we see injustice. Like when Jesus took his disciples and they were on their way and they came to the, to the land where, where the Samaritans live and they didn't want them to go through. And so the reaction of the disciples was, Jesus, call down fire from on heaven and devour them. Kill them on the spot. They deserve it. They've got a coming to them. And Jesus said, oh, you're, you're, stop right there. Stop right there. You don't know what you're saying. Your reaction is fundamentally flawed. It's time to check your heart because you don't really know what spirit you're speaking out of. And as Christians, we can never let those kinds of responses dominate our thinking. We can never allow our thinking to be ruled by prejudice and politics and media and the, uh, and, and, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, social media that we, that we consume, whether it's on the right or the left, whether you watch Fox or ABC, it doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're fed a daily dose 
of other people's opinions. But what does the Bible have to say about justice? That's what we've been looking at this month. What does the Bible have to say? So this morning, I just want to look at very quickly three, three different areas. Why justice really matters. What do we mean by justice? And why justice is an essential part of our proclamation of the gospel. Why, is justice, why does justice really matter? You know, we, we live in an amazing country. I, I think that it's, it, it's, uh, it's not an overstatement to say that we live in, in a blessed country. And yet even in Australia, I hear people all the time saying life is not fair. Life's not fair. I'm being treated the, the wrong way. You know, and there are lots of examples. I remember when I went to high school, you know. Who, who, who remembers when they went to high school? Some of you are still on your way. Uh, I, I got into a fight one day and I was sure that it was my, my fellow pupil's fault. And so we got sent down to the headmaster's office and, and he said, David, put out your hand. I'm going to give you the cane. You know, the only time I ever had the cane in high school. And I said, sir, in my opinion, so I was like uh, 13. Sir, in my opinion, this is a grave miscarriage of justice. And so I got two <laughs> for being a smart aleck. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot that's unfair in our tax system's unfair. Our leaders are unfair. Uh, they're locking us up. Our, our society is unequal. We live in an unfair world. And, and, and in many ways, we do. We do live in an unfair world. Prejudice is real. Inequality and inequities right across our society are real. Uh, we're not as, uh, as egalitarian as we, as we think we are. And innocent people do suffer. Innocent people do miss out. And sometimes as Christians, we need to get involved. Sometimes we need to take a stand uh, for what is right. Sometimes we need to be the people at the front saying, we demand change. And, and, that, and that, that can be good. Um, but it's, it, it's easy to become angry. And we often feel limited in what we can do. I remember once I was in, I was, I was, first time I was ever in San Francisco, and I was walking along the road in the early evening watching the band, you know, the, 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 the buskers playing and just feeling like I was really enjoying it. And a man who'd obviously had a little bit too much to drink fell over in front of me, and I went to help him up, and the lady, and two people came over and said, don't touch him, he'll sue you and say you pushed him over, don't help him. I thought, oh wow, that, that's really an, an amazing reaction. It's easy to feel that there are things that we can't do and it's easy to become angry at what we see. You know, I, I, I think there's not a day goes by that I don't see some Facebook where someone's getting angry uh, about things that they can't change. But the Bible says, listen to what it says in, in, in James chapter 1, the resentful, deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Getting angry by itself is not going to change. Justice is more than being indignant about things. Justice is more then picking up our, our moral megaphone and shouting our opinion to society because we agree, disagree with things that are going on around us. Justice is more than using that same moral, meg, moral megaphone to, to say that heads should roll. And yet it's easy to get caught up in that way of thinking. As Christians, we need to do what we can do to bring about change, but it has to be real change, lasting change, and change that will touch the lives of all of the people around us. And as Christians, we have an advantage because we have a biblical mandate for justice. So what do we mean by justice? I guess since the dawn of history, if you look back, uh, you know, I'm, I, I love studying history and and it, there's, there's never been an age where, in, in, in most people's opinion, justice has been about settling scores and getting revenge. 
you know, taking revenge on the next town, taking revenge on the neighbor. Who remembers the story of Cain and Abel? Cain, Cain was the first murderer in, in the Bible, the first murderer in human history as far as we know. And he, he, he got angry with his brother and he got envious of his brother and he murdered his brother. And he buried him and thought that no one was watching. And God came down and said, Cain, where's your brother? He said, oh, I'm not my brother's keeper. And God said, the blood of your brother is crying out for vengeance. And for many people, Justice is about revenge. Justice is about getting even. The law of Moses in the Old Testament uh, taught this passage that Jesus quoted this morning. He said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And if you put out my eye, I, I have every right to put out your eye. If you stamp on my right foot, I have every right to stamp on your left foot. Justice needs to be served. Job, and I was reading this in today's one-year Bible. My usual plug, if you don't have a version of the Bible, you read every day, read the one-year Bible. It's the 30th of August, some great readings today. This is what it says. God repays people according to their deeds. He treats people as they deserve. Truly, God will not do wrong. The Almighty will not twist justice. But the difficulty with just applying the law that Moses wrote is that you can end up with that as... as a view is a God who is just waiting for an opportunity to judge us. And Jesus came along and said, I want to change your focus. Let's think outside the box. Today, let's think outside the box. We've heard a lot over the last few weeks about justice. Let's think outside the box. Jesus said, the world is broken. The world is broken, but you need to start not by looking at the broken person beside you, but by looking at your own heart. And if you want to stand on a soapbox, this is, this is paraphrasing what Jesus is saying at the Sermon on the Mount. If you want to stand on your soapbox and I and say, I'm right and you're wrong, and then you demand justice, the verdict will come back, you are guilty. You are guilty. And what a, what a huge irony. You know, we demand justice. I, I find it ironic. I was talking to Bill Eversham the other day. Um, about people who say they don't believe in God but want justice. And, and I think that has to be one of the greatest ironies around because, because to, for there to be justice, there has to be a judge. And if God doesn't exist, there's no such thing as justice. It's only social averages. It's only the law of the jungle and every man and woman for, the, for themselves if there is no God. Think it through. But when you insist on justice, you look closely and you see yourself in the dock. Confronted by the evidence of your own sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, there is none righteous. No, not even one. He says we've all sinned. We've all failed. We've all gone away from God. We've all rebelled against him. There's no one who can say, I am just. And there's no way out. And that's why Jesus came. Because Jesus knew. That when he came into a society where people said, we've got the law, we've got the commandments, 613 commandments, we're good in God's sight. Jesus came and said, you guys, your attitudes stink. <laughs> your attitudes are wrong because you're living in sin. And that's why Jesus had to come. That's why he had to be the perfect sacrifice. That's why he became, as, as, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the un unrighteous to bring us to God. 
He was righteous and he suffered for the unrighteous to bring us to God. It's not because I'm inherently good in myself. I'm inherently a sinner in myself. And that's why I need him. And that's why he had to take your sin and mine and take them on himself and hang upon that tree and die and take our guilt and shame and punishment to make us righteous through him. Justice isn't about vengeance. Justice is about casting ourselves on him for mercy. And instead of retribution, he gives us the power and the reason to live a life of forgiveness. Justice doesn't begin by asserting my rights and what I'm owed by society and what I'm owed by the world and what I'm owed by the church and what I'm owed by my family. Justice doesn't start with settling scores and getting even, but recognizing the wrong in our own lives and then seeking his power to live his way and then imparting his love to the world that is around us in, in, in the way that Jesus came to show us. That is justice. The Christian justice goes something like this. Go the second mile. Forgive those who persecute you. Forgive those who, who hate you. Love your enemies. Now, now that, that was like totally out of left field for those who heard it for the first time. That was totally, totally anti anything that the human race has ever experienced before. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Die for your enemies. And I've had the privilege of knowing people who've gone out and left jobs in Australia and gone to the mission field and died on the mission field because of their proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. Proverbs 29 verse 7 says, The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. And so by all means, by all means, if we're talking justice, let's learn to call out greed and injustice and inequality and lack of accountability when we see it, but we need to contextualize it with the gospel. We need to understand it through the, the lens uh, of the gospel. And that's how to bring about reconciliation. That's how to bring about change. That's how to bring about hope. Only then can we see real change. So justice is an inherent part of the gospel. Not because I deserve it. Not because I've earned it. But because God's love is reckless. How can you imagine the God of, of all creation, God who made everything, comes to the world and he recklessly throws it all away. He abandons it all. There's nothing more reckless than that. God, you know, you are sinless, you're perfect. And you come in and, and, and you allow sinful men to nail you to the cross and kill you and spit on you and curse you and do all kinds of things. That, that, what a reckless decision. I love the reckless love of God because if it's not for the reckless love of God, then I wouldn't be standing here and you wouldn't be sitting here today. We'd be, we'd be out doing our own thing without a hope and without hope for the future. Justice is a, an essential part of the, our, our proclamation of the gospel. Now, I'm sure that these words of Jesus shocked the people. They were outraged. They were indignant. And when you look at the history of the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, and under the Greeks and the Romans and the Persians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and uh, and everybody else before that, you know, and, 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 and many of them looked in, and they looked at their circumstances and they said, Jesus, we, we're living a brutal history. So what does he say? Poor you. Well, what he says, he says, God sees your tears. God loves you. And God's idea of justice is based on Loving the world and forgiving the world and being reconciled to the world. And instead of being motivated by anger 
and revenge. He's motivated by his redemptive love, his reckless love. You believe that? And, and, and that's, that's the message of the gospel. That you and I didn't deserve it, but that he came into the world to bring us back into relationship with him and give us the power to change based on an expression of his love. See, Jesus came into a society where people were not interested in, uh, they're not interested in what the prophets of the Old Testament had to say because, uh, you know, it, it was dog eat dog. But this is what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring justice. How's it defined? To bring the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. That the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And this gives hope. Acts 10.38, Peter is preaching to the household, household of Cornelius, and they said, well, who was Jesus? Well, well, well this, he, this, this is what it's about. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went around about doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And it, was, it brought about change. Only he can rebuild broken lives. Some of you know I lived in Beirut for a number of years and I was distressed a few weeks ago to see the city uh, experience what it did. And, and, but I was thinking about this week and you know, friends of mine, I, I keep chatting with them and, and I said to someone the other day, well, you know, people can rebuild the city but only God can rebuild lives. Only God can rebuild lives. And that's why as a church... We believe that God can bring justice into the world through us. That's why Surgeon Siobhan are over in South America. And apart from their involvement in church, they're also heavily involved in A21, rescuing young girls, young women from, from trafficking and prostitution and, uh, and, and, uh, and sexual slavery. That's why um, uh, Michael and Rhiannon Walls in Vietnam, are, they're, 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 they're going out to drug rehabilitation centers that no one from the government goes out to. They can't, you know, there's no hope. And they go out there and they sit down with them and they eat with them and they talk with them and they, 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 they just share the gospel with them in a way that no one else is doing. That's why some of us are involved in, in uh, the Bible College in, 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 in Sri Lanka and, and in Haven in Sri Lanka, you know, relating the gospel of Jesus to men and women who've been through a brutal civil war and saying that despite the evidence of destruction all around you, you can still love your enemies. Early this year, I stood outside the Zion Church in Batakala in, in, in Sri Lanka, and I looked at the faces of 26 people, men, women, children, who, were, who died when a bomb went off during Sunday school. And the, and the pastor who survived, he, you know, we stood there, and I, was t I took a picture of all, you know, all, all the faces, and he says, but we still love them. We still forgive them. We still forgive them. And only the gospel gives us the power to do that. Yeah. Only the gospel gives us power to forgive the 26 people in our church who died. That's why I want to encourage you to keep giving to missions and praying for our missionaries and getting involved and maybe going doing, doing it yourself. You know, there, there, are, there are parts of the world where it costs a lot, where Christians are persecuted uh, just for wanting to live the life that Jesus came to show us that we can live. And I believe today that only those who experience the grace of God, I love the word grace, it can be a hard word to explain. Grace means God's riches at Christ's expense. The grace of God, alloyed with the love of God, manifest in our lives. That's, it's only people like that who can truly be peacemakers. 
It's only people who've experienced his love who can go the second mile. It's only people who've experienced Jesus' love who, who don't say an eye for an eye. Because an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, that doesn't work. You can't, you can't, there are wrongs that can never be undone. And when Jesus hung on the cross and he died in your place and mine, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. And you and I need to experience that kind of love every day because there are people we're going to need to forgive uh, every day. Uh, but as Christians, uh, it's not about revenge. It's not about being chained to the emotions of other people. If you let other people dominate your thinking and dominate by bad experiences that you go through, you're going to be chained to that person forever. You're going to be stuck in a rut for years. Let it go. Let it go. Write it off. Tear up the account. Because the Bible says that's what Jesus did. It says he took all of our sins and he nailed that list of all of our sins to the cross. And he died and he nailed it up there and he said it's done, it's cancelled. Cancel the account. And that's why we proclaim the gospel. Because the Christian message is a message of, of justice that's predicated on, on, on the reckless love of God that can bring forgiveness and real transformation. Do you believe that? So justice really matters. Justice really matters. It matters enough to do something about it. It matters enough to get out of bed in the morning. It matters enough to get out of our comfort zones and out of our daily routines. It matters enough to stop being passive about things that are going on, things that we can change. I can't change everything, but some things I can. It matters enough to start where we are it matters enough to say, well, I can't change the whole world, but there's some, some things I can change and there's some people I can love in Jesus' name. You and I can touch people in our circle of influence. You and I can touch the world that's around us. And I, just, I don't want you to be hijacked by the negativity that we hear every day because there's lots and lots of it. So much negativity, so much criticism, so much carping, so much... Oh, dear, it, you know, you can get carried away with it. But the Bible says, but speaking the truth in love, that's what sets people free. Not only when the good times roll, but when seasons of anger and anxiety and adversity come along. And that's why it starts with us. It's, that's why it starts with our relationship, your relationship, my relationship with God. That's what makes the difference. So I want you to look at your circumstances, look at your lives and your friendships and people around you and people that, whom you do have access to and start praying, God, show me how to make a difference. Show me how to make a difference. Give me insight and ideas and the courage to get off my butt and do something. I'm not saying that by way of criticism because I'm the first one who stood up. You know, we've got to get out and, and, and make a decision and to do something. And sometimes that will put us at loggerheads with what is unjust. People are not going to love you for wanting to bring about justice. Because it's, it's you know, people are basically, Paul says in Philippians 2, everyone, everyone, everyone operates out of their own self-interest. And so if you seek justice, you're going to come up against people who won't like what you're doing, who won't agree with what you're doing. But justice really matters. Do you believe that today? And, and, and when I say that, it's really easy to go and say, oh, wasn't, that, wasn't that a fine word? But it, you know, justice, it, it, it's more than a slogan. It's not just an idea. Justice, it, it's more than a slogan. It's a person. Justice 
has a name and his name is Jesus. And he came to show us the justice and the love and the kindness and the grace of God. Isaiah verse nine, chapter 9 says that the government will be upon his shoulders. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And everyone who, who, who thinks that they're kings of their kingdoms and lords of their manners will get down on their knees and, and, and confess that he alone is Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. Never, never lose sight of that. Justice really matters as Christians in our home lives, in our social lives, in our work lives. It has to take priority in our lives. But it will only happen as we get closer to Him. It will only happen as we allow Him to be the Lord of our, our lives, our finances, our time, our assets, our reputation. So don't get angry about things that are wrong. Do something. Pray that God would show you how you can make a difference. And as people all around the city this morning wake up and look at the lives that they're facing, in, in many ways, we're, you know, we've got it great. We've got the, the highest median income in the country. We've got the highest education rate in the country. We've got it made that was under, under the surface. There's still ordinary men and women just like us. We're not numbers, we're people who need to find hope and security and love and acceptance and forgiveness. I was listening this morning to, some, to a psychologist on the radio talking about loneliness, people feeling lonely. She's doing a study out of Melbourne about people feeling lonely in COVID. Um, you and I can reach out to them. You and I can reach out to those who are lonely. Justice is not about being angry or mad about injustice or demanding to get even, but being motivated by the reckless love of God. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God can be what motivates you and me today because we are the people of God. We are the people of God and we can make a difference. And whether you're watching on the screen or sitting in the building this morning, I just want to remind you that the only way that you can begin this journey of experiencing the love of God is by surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and Master and King and Savior of your life. Now, maybe you've made that decision and you're somewhere along the journey as a, as a Christian. But it may be this morning that you've never made that decision. You've, you've heard the gospel, you've heard messages, you've sung, you've, you've gone long, but, 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 but you say, but, you know, I, I, I really need to make that decision in my heart today. If that's you, it would give me enormous pleasure to be able to sit down with you and just lead you in a prayer of surrender of your life to Jesus Christ. Come and see me afterwards, straight after the meeting today. Or send an email to the church. Send me, or I'll get in touch if you're if you're watching. But, but come and see me because there is nothing like a relationship with God. There is nothing like knowing that Jesus is in your life. There's nothing like getting up every day knowing that your future is in your is is in His hands, and that you're not walking alone. You don't need to feel lonely. You can have the presence of God in your home, in the kitchen in the car, in the bus, at uni, wherever you are, you can have the presence of God with Jesus living inside of you. 
And if you've never prayed that, come and see me afterwards and I'd love to pray with you that you would give your heart and life to Him. He'll come in. He'll be, he'll be real to you today. Dear God, we want to thank you this morning for your overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love that brought Jesus into the world. And Jesus, you came and you made a difference. You transformed people in those days. You're transforming people today. You're so real in our lives. And I pray today that you would fill us up to overflowing with that overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love that brought you into the world, the love of God. And as we go back out into our worlds, as we go back in, out into our families or the shopping center or the coffee shop or, or, or our business or work or university, Lord, help us to go out with the love of God and, and, and just allow the love of Jesus to, fl- to flow out, to ooze out, to touch those and bring, bring a, a, an aroma of beauty and love and hope and transformation into people's lives. Bless us as we go now and just thank you for your love. Thank you that you love us unconditionally and that we're your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Ring up someone. Don't wait for someone to ring you. You ring them. Get in touch with them. How are you going? Let's go and have a cup of coffee. Can I come and see you? Can I, can I, can I come and do some weeding for you? Can I come and mow the lawn? You know, let's, let's keep in contact and connection with one another uh, because love has to have legs and arms. Amen? God bless you. Be strong in Him. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Capital Edge podcast. If this ministry has impacted your life or you've made a decision for Christ today, we would love to hear about it please get in contact with us on our social media accounts. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.